0: Welcome to the second episode of Fellow Friends of SOI. Today I will be interviewing Loretta Claiborne, the Chief Inspiration Officer for Special Olympics. I will be speaking with her about her career at Special Olympics, her role as a member of the GLT, and her encouraging words for other athletes. Welcome Loretta to the Fellow Friends of SOI podcast. We are so excited to have you. How did you first get involved in Special Olympics? I first
1: got involved in Special Olympics when I was working at a school to work program at a shelter workshop. A counselor noticed me running back and forth to the workshop and he says, I think I have something you will like. And of course I had a bad day that day. I got in a fight with somebody and at the end of the day he called me into the office and everybody was looking and says, yeah, she's out of here. Back to school, that crazy lady. And then all of a sudden he calls me in the office and he hands me this piece of paper. I didn't read that well at the time. And all I saw on it was Olympics. Well, I have a love for the Olympics and that was one of my dreams, but make a long story short. He says, I think I have something to do that you'll like. It's better than all this medicine you're taking. Of course, he gave me the paper. I folded it up and put it in my pocket and I went home and on the way home, you know, I got home and I got in the car and I said, "Dad, I better give this to my mom. I said, oh, I know Vita. She's gonna call Mr. Guillory, see what's happening. So I gave her the paper and she was playing cards and she looked at it. What's this? I said, I got it from at the workshop. And my neighbor said to her, as my mom was reading it, Special Olympics, what's that? And then the neighbors, I can't afford that. She cut right in front of my neighbor saying, well, huh? I got two kids in drum corps, a third one joining. And the lady looked at the paper and says, Rita, look at this. It's free. It's free for kids like Loretta. At the time I was a kid, I was, you know, still in school. And she says, why don't you let her do something? Why don't you let, let Loretta have something? So I thought she totally forgot. That morning came. It was a Saturday morning, January 1970. I heard this boom, boom, boom. Get up, get them clothes on and get to that shelter workshop. You'll think twice before you take another free sandwich. Here, Mr. Lee had called my mom ahead of time. She popped my balloon. I got up and I went to the first practice and I came home. She says, how was it? I said, it was okay, I quit. She said, what did you say? I said, I quit. You don't quit nothing in my house, you understand? you start quitting today, you'll always be quitting. My mom's a big, round woman. But I tell you what, she had a big heart. And when she spoke, she was like EF Hutton. Everybody got quiet. And that was my start at Special Olympics.
0: Now, out of all the honors you, you received, like the Arthur asked, what has been your favorite award? You know, I think my favorite award was
1: this being, I wouldn't say it came in the form of medal or a trophy. My favorite award would be in the people that I met through this journey of life. And I look back at Eunice, I look back at her children and her family, just meeting her helped open me up to get out of my box and open up to others to make a difference. And seeing what she has done in the impact of my life and to my teacher, Mrs. Reaver, who was a special education teacher, when she turned around, she pulled me aside and she says, Loretta, I wanna see you smile. You have such a pretty smile. And because she never saw me smile, was so, always so angry. I smiled that day and she said, it takes less muscles to smile. So I would say my best reward that I had didn't come in the form of an article, but it came in the form of people like Eunice and my school teacher and the people along the way. And I can ma- name many of them, even today. If I say Nora, Becky Hollis, people you don't even know. But I would say, my best recognition was to be able to be accepted by people and for those same people to work with me so I can be more accepting to people and hopefully transfer that on so others can be accepted by their communities of people.
0: As a chief inspiration officer, what is it like to work as a member of the GLT as an athlete representative?
1: You know... um, as part of the GLT, it's, it's a tough job. And sometimes I could sit there and, and think, well, should I say something or shouldn't I say something? But then in the back of my mind, it says to me, Loretta, speak up, because if you don't speak up, nobody else is gonna speak up. And when I have a difference of way of thinking, if I don't let that out and let the GLT know or the board know, then it's never gonna get out. If I have an issue, with a program or or something coming up, if it involves the betterment of our athletes or the betterment of our program, then I would say it is worth it for me to speak out, whether they agree with me or not. And they don't always agree. And that's a good thing because you don't wanna be in a position where somebody always agrees with you. It's a good thing that they don't always agree. So you can sit there and debate and talk it out, not fight it out, but talk it out and try to come on a hot, happy medium. It's a tough job, it's a tough job. Um, Even now with programs being down uh, because of the situation with the pandemic, it's not easy, but it is worth it. It is worth it for me to see the betterment of our programs that our programs and our athletes are
0: first preference to who I represent? How do you how do you feel about having a disability? And how does it, how does it impact you know?
1: You? I used to kind of look down on myself because I didn't count as much as everyone else around me. Going to school was horrible as a, a young person, and even as an adult, you know, you're not always invited out to the things that other adults do, but I just try to make the best of it. I just try to make the best of it. And I take my disability and I show people what my abilities are instead of my disabilities. So being a part of the community is very important. And like I said, it used to be thinking a person, oh, well, nobody cares about me because I don't read as good as them or I don't spell as good as them. It was all about how fast you learn instead of, not about what you can do to contribute, to help. And now, like my neighbor was saying, these curves are awful. And I said to him, I said, yes, they are. I said, look in front of my house. I try to keep my house nice. I got new payments. Now my curves are all broken. So my neighbor's putting together a meeting. And he says, you're gonna be the first person I ask in the neighborhood on our street to come and I'll pick you up to go to the meeting. And we're gonna complain about the litter in our streets. We're going to complain about the curves in our streets and the trash that's sitting in the alley. So there, he's looking at my ability and not my disability. You
0: know, something about that. Um, even before I even knew about Special Olympics, I played basketball, used basketball. I was the only girl, and the boys would—they knew I had a disability, so they would come out and figure out what what's a good way to pass it. To put to her so she can get to the ball. And, you know, they didn't, they definitely did never make fun of me, but it was like I was accepted. And, you know, when I got into Ballard's Special Books, never knew there would be open arms, of course, but they really, you know, took care of us. It's just something, some random person comes up, they ask it, well, how do you, they'll probably ask, how do you get involved in Special Books? And it's just very impacting because I was doing the plunge, we did our plunge. And we had, me, me and Nicole were it had a family in my backyard. We had the Special Olympics sign up in the area. And these couple walked by and they said, oh, Special Olympics. Oh, I, I know about Special Olympics. I did not even know them. You know, I was like, wh- never knew about Special Olympics. And now I have one of the good friends. He, we met him at a baseball game, and we were in line. And he saw that I had a Special Olympics um, jacket on. He's like, "How? Do, I want to get involved." He was, he had been to Special Olympics, I think Mexico, but really wanted to get back, get back involved with Special Olympics. And so now Special Olympics DC sent him a letter, and now he's very excited to do bocce other sports with us. And he said, thank you so much for connecting us. And that's the way of Special Olympics that I wanted it to grow. I wanted to see how how much Special Olympics can expand. And that, those words you just said are definitely going to be the back of my head for a very long time. What encouraging words do you have for athletes?
1: What encouraging words do I have for athletes? I have to go back a long time ago when I walked out of my door. My mom said to me, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to school." She says, "No, you're not. You're before you go out my door. I want you to go up in that mirror. Go back that upstair step and go look at your head." And I'm thinking, "What is she talking about?" So I go up in the mirror. I looked at my hair. I picked up the brush. I had a ponytail. And I brushed it so that all the ends were down, nice and flat and everything. And I shaved my hair and I came back down the step. And she looked at me, says, now you look a lot better. Now you can go out the door, but before you go out my door, I want you to look your best. That's why I complained to you about your hair. Now, do you feel better? I said, yes. She says, now I want you to go to school to be your best. She says, no, always remember it. Don't let me have to tell you this skin. In order to be your best, I want you to look your best, to feel your best and to be your best. And I want our athletes, my words are to my our athletes, my encouraging word is to be your best. Because when you feel your best, you can be your best. And when we talk about our athletes who first come into our program, like when I first joined Special Olympics, I was so angry, I was down on myself. But once I got into Special Olympics, I started feeling better about myself. And when I started to feel better about myself, I started to train and work out so I could be my best. So simple, it's not rocket science, you want your, your athletes to feel your best and you can be your best and the only thing my encouraging word is to our athletes is to go out and be your
0: best and that's it's the an opportunity to compete and that's what I'm always gonna do that's, to that's what I'm always going to do just remember to be your best exactly even when I get a ribbon you know of course it'll be like getting a ribbon but did I run really hard, or did I hit the ball over the next? Did Do I shoot the best? Exactly. That's all it counts. Well, I cannot thank you enough taking time out taking time out of your day to come talk to Alex and me. And you know, sure. one one day we could definitely sit down. and You could basically write a book about this. And I think it would definitely. <laughs> you know, I'm just literally, you know, I'm um, you know, other like coworkers like who. I kept asking who are you interview, who are you interview next? I'm like, Loretta, they said, fantastic. I can't wait that podcast comes out because you know they said, Oh, she's the chief inspiration officer. And that interview is gonna be amazing. I said, You don't have to say that twice. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Loretta. The next episode of Fellow Friends of SOI will be in two weeks, right here in the latest score.